1: Doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. And this podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Toby Allen, founder of Jobs and XR.
0: There's three key things I, I'm i fundamentally excited by. First of all is mixed reality. I think the ability to visualize your world in a hands-free kind of capacity, uh, augment it with... Holograms and information and viewing that information in a new way is absolutely incredible. Now, to get that, I think there's a real sort of drive to understand AI and the power of information that you can have. There's also just blockchain, I guess, is the, the, a very nice, interesting way of creating a sort of a, a trust and a authenticity in, in the data. those three are the the sort of the the perfect combination and i think it's very there's going to be very interesting shifts in the industry and in professional business as to how those three key technologies are going to integrate within businesses that could lead to results that we've never seen before
1: this is toby he's a hololens producer at microsoft the founder and ceo of techon and the founder of Jobs in XR, the first and only job portal for all digital realities. I got in touch with Toby via a comment that he posted on one of my earlier podcasts with Dr. Terence Say. Being an innovative product expert that brings ideas alive using the augmented, virtual and mixed reality, he actually teased us with the potential of bringing HoloLens and AI together to deliver remarkable impact. As you can imagine, that triggered me, hence I invited Toby to my podcast. And during our interview we explore the benefits of an increasingly hands-free world, how the combination of new technology platforms such as blockchain, AI, and augmented reality have the potential to transform complete industries, and also how we should use the opportunity to, to think big to create new solutions that are both more fun to use and remarkable in their impact. By listening to this interview you will learn three things. Firstly, why the current generation of solutions is still distracting us way too much, and how by avoiding this distraction we could literally save lives. Secondly, how blending new technologies can help us in much smarter ways to actually avoid errors, problems, and waste. And thirdly, what opportunity we can create if we start using technology to change behavior and impact by augmenting people in contextually relevant ways. So Toby, to get the podcast started, can you give the audience a little bit of background about who you are and more importantly, why you developed this incredible interest for virtual reality?
0: Sure. So it's a pleasure to be on. So my name is uh, Toby Allen. I've been, well, throughout my career, I've been building virtual worlds and being effectively in technology since I could since I could remember, <laughs> I started off my career uh, effectively as a journalist uh, reporting on video games in on Apple computers when I was about 14. This was back in Belgium. And since then, I basically grew into a video game producer and progressed my way through... Developing apps, virtual worlds, websites, video games—kind of you name it—in, in sort of in software. Later in uh, in my years, I did I did my MBA at Holt International School, where I finished with by leaving to join a company doing uh, being the head of production. So basically, I this was a sort of creative agency which had for purpose, effectively, the the creation of apps, or use of video games for for good purpose. So something like you would learn uh, the use of antibiotics through gaming or through uh, virtual reality. And through that time, basically, I set up a company, which is TACON, which is uh, Toby Allen Consulting. And since then, I've been consulting with clients like Microsoft, Dibs, Farfetch, and a few others, looking at basically mixed reality, AI, virtual reality, and sort of all that space. And now I effectively I consult, I invest, and advise companies as to what to do next in sort of the industry 4.0 kind of space.
1: Okay, pretty interesting uh, background. of Starting your uh, your official career when you were 14 in journalism. Wow. So yeah. Uh, what, what's- <laughs> What struck me is the is is, is continuously the the thing coming back virtual worlds and so on. So what's this passion for virtuality?
0: I you know what the um, I'll tell you I'll tell you kind of two reasons as to why I think that space is it, it's just amazing. It's when I when I was much younger I basically saw computers as kind of the 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 natural future, but I I wanted. To, I didn't want to just do sort of word and admin and and kind of that type of stuff. So basically I kind of just thought you know, if I'm going to have to do something on on a computer for eight hours a day, which seems to be the norm in in as I would be growing up, I might as well make it fun. And in that case I basically learned about video games which from my perspective made the most use out of a computer from networking, rendering, audio, sort of UX, human inter- interface design, like there's just low, you know, everything is concentrated into a single package and that taught me a lot of lessons uh, very early on. And so I think those lessons are now coming back into play as we're using sort of various new techs to kind of augment our life and to, to sort of have a different approach to life.
1: Okay. I think you had a good point there. So if you <laughs> If you talk about, and you look at all these technologies out there, what inspires you most at the moment what technology can do if you, if you take it to a business perspective? Because, I mean, the, the gaming aspect uh, and the fun aspect is typically like how, how we like to consume it in our private mm-hmm. life. Do you also see use of, the, of those technologies uh, if you apply it to business? Then?
0: Absolutely, and I think that's the, the, the reason why I, I got a bit, bored with games is because it is something that you only consume so much whereas with business you start really participating in in, a, in an ecosystem that is much more dynamic and much more interesting in terms of how it can move and so when you see i draw a lot of parallels to to, to gaming tech predominantly gaming tech because a lot of tech that we use today comes from that space so if you look at what is exciting in, in, in business with mixed reality and augmented reality, a lot of that tech came from the gaming space. Now there's there's a lot of opportunities in today's world to really look at some techs. And I think from you know, to be a bit more direct about your question, like there's three key things I I'm fundamentally excited by. First of all is mixed reality. I think the ability to visualize your world in a hands free kind of capacity, uh, augment it with holograms and information and viewing that information in a new way is absolutely incredible. Now, to get that, I think there's a real sort of drive to understand AI and the power of information that you can have. And I think even basic AI, people that are going to be starting their careers in the next 10 years. going to have to understand a very basic level of of ai to be able to say hey like i want to put this query together Uh go ahead and 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 do it and and be able to to start mining data in a new way and then there's also just blockchain i guess is the the very nice interesting way of creating a sort of a, a trust and a authenticity in in the data and I think that's very important in today's world, where security and fake data really becomes transparent. And in many ways, AI is is kind of like the the master of that. But so you know, having some sort of ability to trust the system and, and the network with something that's somewhat tangible, so to speak, in digital form, is very interesting as a concept. So I think yeah. those three are the, the sort of the the perfect combination, and I think it's very there's going to be a very interesting shift in the industry and in professional business as to how those three key technologies are going to integrate within businesses
1: can you give an example of that is it maybe a project that you're working on that is maybe not on the but that already shows what is possible beyond what we have seen before
0: sure i mean i'll give you Two examples. One of which is more MR focused, so mixed reality focused, and that is very much the the typical use case of an engineer in most modern factories that will need to have uh, need, need to see you know either a manual, uh, their current work order, or the, the the next steps in terms of what they need to do at work, and they're able to do that with mixed reality so wearing a, a headset like the hololens or potentially the magic leap once it comes out in uh, in industry and be able to go to go to find the right piece of equipment or see that there is a area of machinery that has a warning zone uh that they might have missed should you know had they not paid attention and sort of having the augmented view gives you that extra layer of data which is kind of really interesting now yep. when you take that a bit further and you add things like ai which might say hey you know i've automatically uh, assessed the the problem or i've seen that the gauge is low here you might want to watch out at something these use cases are starting to become a lot more interesting for for the the, the first line worker effectively the person who's going to be doing these tasks and then sort of adding the, the layer of blockchain which is very much the validation of that. So in many in many cases, especially in an in industry where you have a very high level of security or safety, you need to do certain tasks before the next, and there's a very, very strict just process that you have to follow because, you know, of injuries, of for for their auditing purposes, for whatever it is, right? And wow. those the every step that the person can take can be basically logged on through their blockchain and that becomes a very good stamp in terms of saying hey like this is the black box of what happened these yeah. are the events of, of what happened and if you think about the amount of accidents or errors that people make This then becomes a very nice way of training people, of avoiding problems. And the compound effect of all this is that you start reducing, you just start making less errors, so you start being more efficient, so the company makes more money, but then you also start reducing things like insurance premiums. You start being able to capitalize on on that money and be able to divert that throughout the business to do other things. And I think that then becomes a very interesting paradigm that if the balance of that mix is done right, it can empower companies to do a lot more than they are doing today
1: so what do you what do you believe is then possible companies that, that what companies then can do beyond what they do today what is the problem in the first place i mean is this really seen as a, as a critical problem for companies like black and white fail or or succeed
0: yeah i mean i think there's I, well i think it depends on the company right and it depends on on the type of industry uh, sure. in the case where there are uh, there's certain companies and industries which will be far more adapted to this kind of, or receptive to this kind of technology because it's perfect for them, right? So if you look at the medical field, being able to project your CAT scans onto the, onto your patient or just in front of you and keep your hands with the patient, with your tools, you know, in situ and in moment without any further distractions and using voice commands, using AI to... To, to go through the next uh, procedure or, or, or just handle the procedure, that is a critical uh, moment. So anything that can help to avoid distractions, to empower the doctors or the medical staff to, to do to be in a better position, yeah. you know, literally saves lives. Quite <laughs> quite frankly, um, But I think you know that that is very much so. That's very much the the, the receptive end. You're going to find yourself in the middle where you're going to have companies where. I mean, you know, to, to give other areas of, of of interest at the sort of very top end in terms of companies that are very receptive, you know, construction companies are very interested in this field because you can start making dynamic changes to constructions. So before you even see before you even finish your the layout of your of your shop or of anything that you're building, right? You can see your construction site, you can project. Yep what the 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 final piece is going to be like, and you can make changes those changes go back to the cloud they calculate everything in relation to those changes, so the cost of piping, the cost of labor, the cost of the yeah. change itself etc cetera, et cetera and you've already got the client approval because you were in situ with the client looking at these changes together uh-huh. uh, so you know there's then it becomes there's a mass sort of reduction. In waste, which is time and effort that can be spent elsewhere. And again, that's very much the top end. I think towards the middle tier of companies, you'll find companies where there'll be incremental benefits to specific tasks. So it might be a mechanic learning to repair a very old car or learning to repair a very new car or a telephone technician having to look at a telephone box. And instead of having to send two, three people to help train that person looking at the box, he can just follow the guy digitally and and his performance is then measured, tracked, and it becomes a very interactive way of learning. So those situations happen quite often and we've seen cases where uh, there's a lot of old physical hardware that needs to be maintained and it might be that the person is in a remote uh situation and yeah. is having to let's say replace some piece of hardware he can already order it straight then and there having just done two clicks on his device or ask for it through voice command and could ask also for a new piece to be custom cut which then gets sent directly to the cnc machine that will just print off or just cut off that that piece directly then and there and it will be reserved for him so that he can go and pick it up later and replace that piece which is a custom piece that will fit the the repair he's doing and that will be based on the analysis of what he saw in front of him what he was able to gather from from the data that's in front of him from the spatial maps of the 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 infrared reading of his hardware that he has to repair and as a result of that, he's able to to make custom custom repairs that is you know gonna save him a lot of time instead of having to go to yeah. somebody else in the back, explain the problem, say, hey, how do I fix it? What's the solution? Order the you know, measure the part again, order the part, come back and, and that sort of loop gets smaller and smaller and becomes more efficient. Exactly. Um, and I this think, is
1: only about is it only about efficiency? Because I, I mean, I see, I see reducing things like cost reductions, uh, mm-hmm. avoiding errors. That's really, really good, and it's it's really helping the person, augmenting a person to do a better job. Do you also see examples whereby there are real big benefits on the on the value creation side, so top line mm-hmm. benefits or competitive mm-hmm. edge benefits?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I think there's, there's kind of two answers. There's, on the creative side, yes, absolutely. So, for example, I know companies that are, especially in the film industry, that are using mixed reality to be able to look at an empty studio and uh-huh. to pre-visualize the actions of the actors on a set that hasn't yet been built. <laughs> and you look at that and you go, "That's that's absolutely insane. Yet it makes total sense to be able to say, I want to pre-visualize this, therefore I'm going to tweak the set to be X, Y, Z. And now then I can, I'm 90% sure of the set design that I'm building instead of being 60% sure of the set design that I'm building. Now, those, you know, are again efficiencies, but in many ways that improves the creativity because I have to worry less about that. And I can then focus more on working with the actors and having more time to, to, to spend with them to be able to get the right kind of, you know, personality traits and, and moment captured, so to speak. Uh, designers, I mean, I was talking to to two fashion designers just this afternoon who are using it to look at how just augmented reality and, and mixed reality can be used for fashion to be able to showcase the latest piece, the latest work, uh, maybe re reproject a catwalk. So if you were a very top-end client, you'd be able to experience the catwalk again, either in the comfort of your office, your home, wherever you are really, and that's an experience that is a very unique client experience that can be given to you because effectively, the catwalks can now be captured sort of volumetrically, so holographically, and as a result of that, you can you know, give your clients a brand new experience, which might entice them to spend a bit more or might get yeah. them excited about your new collection. And then, you know, there's also just simple things like my osteopath being able to have a uh, 3D holographic record of where my my joints or my vertebrae on my back are hurting, being able to use that as my patient record to be able to say, hey, like this is the bit that's, that's causing you a problem when you bend in this certain way or when you play tennis. Or, or do certain sports? You're putting impact here, and I can, sh- and they can show me that. That makes yeah. me learn, right? So yeah. from those from from those lessons, I then become, you know, better educated. I can reduce my my, my injuries and probably get fitter. So you know, there, there's also there's a whole world of education side which yeah, it can be explored now, just by the pure fact of being able to say, hey, look at the galaxy you can project the galaxy in your living room and your yeah. kid can explore that, which has never been done before, you know, in a completely interactive way. And that I think is fascinating.
1: It is fascinating. So, I mean, uh, the, the the premise of my podcast is to showcase those, yeah, unbelievable stories about how technology <laughs> can, can help us create more value by augmenting the unique strengths of people. One aspect of it, of course, as well, is I see that there is more and more need in the future for for people to be more creative, more social. Is this also going to be a, a means then to help that we get enough of those people? And that we maybe even help people that are, that might be automated out of a job, help them to get yeah, into a new life and to be more comfortable and, and and faster in approaching it?
0: Yeah, I think there's this is a it's a very interesting question because when you look at just where we are. In Europe, in terms of the amount, the, the sort of skills gap that you, you yeah, you're starting to get sure. between different ages, uh, different industries, different key key sectors, you find that and in, in often now in engineering, especially uh, I've seen the case for nuclear engineering or for the boat industry, also uh, the you know freight industry and that sort of thing, where a lot of the younger generation, because they're being brought up with, directly with computers and more of a information worker, they, they become uh, less interested to spend time doing or understanding concepts that are very manual or very physical in nature. So it might be, you know, understanding how the real piping system works instead of just looking at the schematics of it, so to speak. And there's a big retraining element to To this digital transformation through a lot of these sectors. And these sectors are, well, in many industries, they're looking at mixed reality and AI as a way of bridging that gap, of, of bringing information that's relevant to new people, new employees, new business people, to understand the current situation and where they are today and get them up to speed. And get them up to speed to a point where, they can interface with effectively an older generation that hasn't grown up with you know the internet of things the internet itself that's those kind of like those powerful changes and i think there's there's some there's some very clear use cases where you know a lot of training in terms of engineering across multiple levels so apprenticeships etc are now trying to use this kind of tech to be able to say okay This is a freight train of this model of this type, and it's built this way. And we build it this way, and we get the 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 steel from this from from Japan, and we have to process it in this way, and then we have to put it with other other parts, and all of this happens in a certain way. And those lessons are now being digitalized effectively, which means that you could bring in at any point anybody. And effectively train them in understanding your business, and that yeah. gives you a much more a broader reach in terms of potential hires, potential candidates, but also allows potentially older candidates to understand new technologies, right? Yeah. And so to, to to keep those that younger sorry that older generation, which might not be very adept at I don't know using an iPad or, or or being on Twitter or whatever, which is you know a gross generalisation. Yet might be able to use a a Hololens because it's voice it has voice commands and is combined with their manual uh, skills, yeah. and so that becomes a very interesting dynamic where they can sort of leverage both the digital with their skills and conversely the the younger generation which is more digital gets to be more hands-on and still be in a digital space.
1: Cool, so it's really uh, like a one and one is three scenario that you're talking about here. Exactly, yeah, I think there's
0: a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a big shift in, in this space and we're starting to see it over the last three years, basically, you can imagine that right now companies are starting to get onto the bandwagon and starting to understand the potential of this. And in the next three years, it'll be, even more and more uh, broader in terms of use cases. And yeah. I think that's the, that's the interesting thing is that the very obvious use cases and examples in medical, in construction, in engineering, are very much the, the top of the iceberg. Because yeah. this kind of tech can sort of help a lot of people stay, stay ahead or just, just progress their own careers, there'll be a lot more interest in it once it becomes a bit more mainstream.
1: So that's uh, kind of raising another, raising another uh, question with me. So from all the, the lessons that you've learned and the, the, the tidbits of wisdom that you've gained, what would you advise yeah, uh, a leader in a company to uh, to do in, in order to stay relevant going forward? Maybe we we'll pick one or two, two vertical markets here. Is, sure. there, is there a new way of re- uh, thinking required?
0: I think there's a, yes, there, there is a, there's one thing which is, uh, ultimately, there has to be a, an openness to various technologies. And that is very difficult to, to ignore, basically. True. Because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, I don't want to say stigma, but AI, for example, or blockchain, or augmented or virtual reality, or XR for lack of a better word, are not going away. These are technologies that are now basically going to anchor themselves into the way we work. Yeah. And ignoring them is, is at the detriment of, of basically your company. It's, it's in the same way of, as not having a, a security policy for, for anything to do with IT. And I think today, in today's world, it, I mean, I think, what was it, Harvard Business School actually wrote a very interesting article where they were stating that every company now should have an augmented reality uh, strategy. And the point being for that is that it was just, it was just a way of saying, you can't ignore this. And that's hard to to fathom because 3D and visualizations and augmented are not easy concepts to understand. They are very challenging even for in today's world. And so as we layer on more technologies like AI, blockchain, geolocations, like it, it becomes this mishmash of, of technology and, and it can be quite confusing for leaders who are focusing on their business, trying to make sure that that runs correctly. And yet you have this, this pool of, of buzzwords all interacting with each other and you're not quite sure who does what and, and why, and what's the impact and what's the, the benefit. And it's in many ways it's, it's just being On on par to educate yourself and just keep educating yourself because it won't go away, (laughs) unfortunately. I would say that's probably like one of the the ways to think about it. The other way, I think, is is think about the people, right? You you still need people to power your businesses. You can't just get rid of people because of AI, because of efficiencies in in the ways that you operate, etc. etc. And I think that the there's an approach to the way we do business which has to be focusing on empowering people to do more and to give them a sense of satisfaction but then that also requires a you know internal training internal development and being able to push people's careers to fully maximize their potential and it might be that some people will will be very good at data analytics great then maybe start looking at programming courses or looking at ai and and getting them to champion these technologies through your company so that you can have a very a very good sort of ecosystem within and, and culture really of of people and technology within your company i think that's those are the sort of the big points
1: i would say so yeah exactly and if you look at it from the other perspective like an isv or a business software vendor that wants to get well the it's looking for the next big thing. Is that is, does the same apply? If you can't, if you can't ignore it, no matter what you develop, or is it tied to specific sorts of applications that you create?
0: No, I think I think it, unfortunately, I I'm starting to see it. I say unfortunately, it's, it's very fortunate in my case, but I, I'm starting to see in many ways ISVs just having to update their software to be able to take in. Potentially new data formats, being able to expose their data to be to be mined by AI to be uh, better audited so looking at the blockchain and the result of all this backend data is that you need something to new ways to see it um, yeah. i've seen it with with the mining industry and the oil and gas industry where in many ways a lot of the there's a lot of contractors there's a lot of people that provide various pieces of software to the parent oil company but the oil company doesn't own that the, the software at the heart of their business. Yet through these technologies that these ISV or providers are actually providing, they are effectively providing a piece of a very complex puzzle that the company has to figure out and when you tie those together you actually can benefit and be a lot more a lot safer, a lot more productive. Train their staff better, and prolong the the, the careers of many people because their work will be that much uh, more empowered. And I think there's uh, there's a big sort of a, a big shift in that space where I see ver- some sort of a lot of static older software that ISVs have been sort of yep. enjoying very much as cash cows that now have to get updated. And that's, that's putting a lot of strain on a, on a lot of companies, but for positive change, I guess.
1: Yeah, so this actually bringing it back to how you started, the, the fun factor, you know? That yep. You get <laughs> solutions that people want to work with because it helps them to do the things that they want to do or need to do in a way that's, that's fun and, and engaging.
0: Yeah, I mean, many, there's, a, there's a lot of people that don't like sitting in front of a computer and actually want to be outside doing things or, or being with, with the people that they want to be with or being on set in a theater production, being outside saving rhinos or studying marine life. Like, and I think that's the point is that all these technologies can provide a better set of tools for these people to, to perform. And that could lead res- to results that we've never seen before.
1: Yeah, I think that's also the way to, to start looking at it, you know? How can, what can, can be done in order to unlock people to perform in a better way, to get their hands sort of free yep. to, uh, to do those things? Yep, and I think absolutely. with all the augmented reality and virtual reality and mixed reality elements in there, you get a long way, which is also scalable, which is very important. Absolutely,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: So absolutely. what do you think? I mean, I I don't even want to ask or dare to ask. But what is next in this? That's a very interesting question. I
0: think ah, it's it's such a it's such a difficult question to ask these days because, in many ways, you kind of wonder what is next because, apart from flying cars, we pretty much have (laughs) you know a lot of sci-fi technology right now, and it's 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 relatively insane. I think I think the the next big fundamental shift will either come from a new form of energy, which we might find or process. I think when holograms will become far more accessible in the sense of, we don't have to wear headsets to, to visualize them. That will be a big, big shift. And I wish, like I could say, that's never going to happen yet in 20 years, we've developed holograms that you can wear in your head. So it's very, uh, it's very difficult to say that these days. You know what? I'm open to whatever's going to happen next. I think that's the, the, the interesting possibility right now is that we've seen an evolution in technology and then changes in industry that allow us to, to be a lot more flexible about life and be able to say, actually, someone will be able to create an incredible solution that could potentially solve this. Yeah. Whether they stumble on it or they create it uh, willingly, we'll see. But I think the next 20 years are probably some of the most exciting we'll ever have.
1: I uh, completely agree with you on that one. <laughs> so thank you very much for your uh, inspiring input here. I mean, a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of aspects that I haven't been touching myself yet, and I'm definitely going to look into it far more. Where can people go if they want to find out more about you and or say hello? Sure. So... <laughs> I They can come and
0: just find me on LinkedIn or on Twitter. So I go under the name of Toby Allen, obviously on LinkedIn. I will typically reply to most messages. It'd be great if, if anybody who wants to get in touch simply puts in a little message as to the, the context. That always helps. Yeah. Or just ping ping me an email at toby.tacon.me. At so T-A-C-O-N.me. Very good.
1: Thank you very much, Toby. Pleasure. <laughs> and to everybody listening today, thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Toby Allen, founder of Jobs and XR. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations. And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in, and you can do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode.
0: That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars.
1: The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come through. The post-Cold War era is over.
0: Dotcom The Hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dotcom, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.